Dean Bunchy was an Army infantry leader, a recruiter for the military recruiting firm Orion. He started his own high school sports recruiting company called Prep Champs and is the current Atlantic Regional Executive Director for Bunker Labs. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. If you're an active duty service member, veteran, DOD civilian, or military family member, you can join Navy Federal. To see if you can join, visit NavyFederal.org slash eligibility. All right, today we're talking with Dean Boonshu from, he's actually, you're the Atlantic Regional Executive Director for Bunker Labs. Uh, we got a number of things to talk about with uh, veteran entrepreneurship with Dean. Hey, Dean, before we get to d- talking about veteran entrepreneurship and business and everything else, take us back and tell us about what you did in the Army. Awesome. First of all, thanks for having me today, Joe. Um, looking forward to, uh, to talking with you today and hopefully bouncing some knowledge and sharing some wisdom with the uh, with all your uh, listeners. So um, I started my career as an infantry officer in the Army, ROTC grad, 96, uh, did about five years active duty, um, got out on September 1st, 2001, so 10 days before 9-11. It's needless to say that was short-lived because 9-11 happened and the original job that I had lined up um, disappeared. So I ended up doing about a year active guard, got out again, finally went to work for a healthcare company for about a year and then got mobilized off IRR, um, for OIF one, where I commanded a company during the first year of the war. So as you can see, like the military found a way to keep on like dragging me back in. So my <laughs> career was kind of crazy, right? Cause I saw it all. I was active duty, IRR did time in the guard and then was mobilized into the reserves. Um, but when everything was said and done, I, I finally got out of the army officially in 2006. So, um, I actually made major and like a day later, like resigned my commission. Um, just to say I made major, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I think my, my story, like a lot of other veterans, you know, going through transition in general was never really easy for me. I mean, I can tell you that, um, I come from a family where, generations, I think what, four or five generations back, it's it's like um, served in the military. So I had it in my head from a very young age that I was going to go into military. And and for a long time, I thought I was going to make it a full career. Um, So I think like a lot of other veterans, you know, everything when I was in the army was focused around the army. Your network is all military, you know, your job's military. In a lot of ways, you live in a bubble. Um, So when I was transitioned, um, I, I really didn't have any idea what I was going to do. I thought, you know, like a lot of other veteran junior military officer types transitioning out that, you know, I'd go into one of the, you know, work for one of the big fortune 500 companies in some type of middle management role or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was telling you, you know, the, I guess I was super fortunate you know, like a lot of veterans, I reached out to the the different headhunter type, if that's what people want to call them, you know, military recruiting companies like Bradley Morris and Orion. And it just so happened that Orion was headquartered in Raleigh and I transitioned out of Bragg, went to my very first hiring conference and uh, 
And when I walked out of there, the folks at Orion were like, you need to come work for us on the account side, um, which, you know, is a sales role. Um, and my first instinct was I'm not a sales guy. And uh, I'm like, I'm like a manager, you know, I'm military veteran leader. Like, I don't want to do sales. And they're like, nah, you're a sales guy. And I'm like, nah, I'm really not. And they're like, trust us, you are. Um, and here, I'm so glad that they did that because they they were right. And uh, I transitioned into a sales role. And, you know, as I played college athletics, I think being a competitive person my entire life, like going into like a sales role, like kind of fed that competitive nature, um, you know, so. Yeah, so that's interesting. So like you ended up in Orion ultimately helping other people transition out of the military. So I really yep. want to hear your perspective on, I mean, you probably talked with so many people getting out of the military. You probably, um, you know, how often did you actually run across somebody that was completely AJ squared away, ready to fully transition versus <laughs> the people that were just had everything out on the street? <laughs> you know, back then too, like LinkedIn was just, just kind of evolving. Um, and I don't think, you know, if we look at like even veterans now, there's, they have so many advantages that like a lot of us didn't have back transitioning, like back in the 2006 timeframe. Um, and, and before that 2003, four, five, six. Um, and I could tell you that <sighs> maybe 10% of veterans were like really ready to transition. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's just because a lot of them did it. Like I did very few kind of got to jump on the game. Most of them like transitioned out of the military and like some of them, a good portion of them just began to process like when they were on their transition leave, whether it was 30, 60 days, yeah. whatever it was, you know? <clears throat> so of course, you know, you had the whole, they would submit their first resume and it was a complete mess. Um, so like helping, helping them out and getting all that squared away was something that was, I, I think, super important. Um, and as we know, I mean, it's still this day and we still see it. The transition services in the military, it's have, have never done that good of a job, like preparing mm -hmm. for that transition process. Um, so, so I, I mean, I think what we did was, was pretty valuable. I know it was super helpful to me when I transitioned out because the folks at Orion at the time, you know, helped me square away my resume, helped me figure out really what I wanted to do and then gave me the opportunity to do it. Um, but nowadays, you know, what I, what I tell veterans having been there, seen and done it is like, the, the, the folks who are squared away during the transition process are the ones that like really get to jump on six months out. <clears throat> and that means trying to figure out, you know, what industries you potentially want to go into, what area you potentially want to go into, you know, and then um, looking at all the different opportunities in that area. And then you're leveraging something like LinkedIn in particular to start reaching out to folks as early as possible. And if it's possible, start getting out to all kinds, like right now this isn't possible, but once everything gets back to normal, getting back out to, you know, all the uh, networking events, whether it's events like we do at Bunker Labs, we put a lot of veterans in the room, you know, a lot of veteran run business owners. Um, but also like I always tell something that's overlooked for veterans, like the entrepreneurial ecosystems, you know, you're talking about, here in Raleigh at the American Underground, there's 350, you know, startups. A lot of them, you know, now are venture back. They're growing and they're looking to hire, you know, um, <clears throat> hire a lot of folks a lot of times. 
Um, and I've actually helped recently a lot of veterans who maybe weren't ready for entrepreneurship that wanted to work for entrepreneur organizations find those hidden opportunities within these startups and go to work for them. And I think they're much happier than going to work for like big Fortune 500 companies, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that we, we just talked about that on the show a few times in the past is, you know, instead of just jumping right into entrepreneurship cold and you've never had any experience in it at all, a great option is to go work if you have the if you have the ability, you have the opportunity, uh, maybe you have the runway financially, go work for a startup and learn you know learn learn the ropes, get involved in it. You may you may find it's more fun working for a startup than trying to figure out how to start up your own. A hundred percent, and you know I think military veterans in particular are well suited for it. And not only that, like big organizations, it's hard to make decisions that have big impact, you know, without going through a lot of bureaucracy. Um, Whereas a small organization, a small startup, you're talking 50, 100, you know, maybe even 500. Those are still small, nimble organizations that you can have a fairly significant impact and you can get things done quickly. And uh, I know for me, like having the opportunity to work for Ryan gave me a really broad perspective and gave me the opportunity to see you know, companies in the oil and gas industry and in the construction industry and in the pharmaceutical industry. And I mean, it was a great experience, but I, I knew every time the veterans I was placing into those roles may have been a good fit for a lot of those opportunities, but I, I realized it wasn't for me. Um, and that, and the reason I realized that too is Orion at the time was maybe a hundred and some employees. Um, and, you know, Bill Lachlan and Randy Nelson are two veterans. They found that the organization, one's a P3, Orion pilot, and the other one's Navy Nuke. Um, and to me, the thing that I paid attention to the most was having the opportunity to see them kind of like build and grow that company, build and grow, and then ultimately sell that company to a private equity firm. And both of them make, made a lot of money. Um, and here I was, I, I became the lead sales rep for the organization, like the top sales rep within about a year. Um, at a, and I was doing good making six figures easy, which a lot of veterans would be happy with that. But at the same time, I watched like Randy and Bill each make like 30 million. Um, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, how do I become you? Um, and I was fortunate enough that Randy is now a huge mentor with Bunker Labs. Bill has always been a big mentor of mine. Um, but, you know, it was seeing veterans as entrepreneurs, you know, build a company, sell it, that kind of like drove me to become an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. So that's hey, I got how a question. I so, made shift. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll come back to that in a second, but I, I got this question since you actually worked for Orion a, as a recruiter and helping veterans get jobs in the civilian sector, even now, and you know, even back then th- there are plenty, there are so many companies that want to hire veterans and there are so many veterans that want to get hired for these companies, but there always seems to be this great divide, this huge gap that some reason they can't connect the dots between the two. It's like, it's like the companies and the, all the veterans are standing on the opposite sides of the Grand Canyon and they can't figure out how to get over to each other. What, did you experience any of that? And what do you think one of the main causes of that that huge divide? Is it just speaking a different language or what? 100%. I mean, you, the biggest problem is like a lot of people when they're looking for jobs, they go like to postings, right? And when you go through postings, you're going to go to HR. And when you go to HR, like nine times out of 10, like number one, that's not the decision maker. Number two, like a lot of HR folks don't know how to 
don't know how to translate those resumes. Yeah. Furthermore, like with a lot of the automated systems that sort like the initial pushes, you know, like if it doesn't have the right keywords in there, you're getting scanned out, like eliminated almost immediately. So that's why I always tell people if like you really want to get hired, what you need to do is you need to look at the organizations in the industry and then look for veterans on LinkedIn that already work for those companies. And like, don't just approach them asking for a job. Say, hey, what I, it's like the, creating hidden opportunities or identifying hidden opportunities. My advice to all those veterans is you start reaching out to all those veterans in the organization and the community where you want to be. And you just say, hey, listen, I'm getting ready to transition over the next couple months. Here's some of the areas I'm looking to get into. Like you're in a field that really interests me. I would love, you know, if you're in the area to sit down and go to coffee with you and, and talk a little bit about, you know, how you made your transition and what, what you think about this role you know, what you think I need to do, like to potentially prepare for it. And I'm telling you, like, that is the way because now you're building those relationships over a couple months. And maybe it's just a phone call. Maybe it's a Skype call or Zoom, you know, on video, whatever. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, you're building relationships with other veterans and organizations. And of course, oftentimes those veterans are going to go and tell other people, hey, you know, I met this guy, his background's rock solid. They can help translate your skills for other people in the organization and potentially bring you in. Like that is yeah. the way you get hired. Awesome. It'll and so really all of what you just said could be summed up in one word, networking. Right. You have to network your way into, into right. the good jobs. And you just eloquently explained how to properly go about networking. And the first thing you said was don't connect with someone on LinkedIn and then just ask them for a job. No, you, you need to build a legitimate relationship with people. You almost need to put the idea of trying to get a job out of, out of your mind, put it yep. out, out of your head, build some legitimate relationships with these people. And oftentimes they'll be the ones that end up bringing it up. Like, Hey, would, are you interested in actually working here? How you to them? You know, I tell people that too, like see if there is a connection that could help them out. Like listen Listen or ask them, like when you're sitting down that, in that conversation, say, hey, is there anything I can do for you? You know, and yeah, exactly. um, so and I mean, as you're transitioning, maybe, maybe not. But, you know, bottom line is plant those seeds and then maintain those relationships. Even if you get hired by someone else, like stay in touch with them and then see if you could pay them back. So if they took the time to sit down with you and you'd be surprised how many of those opportunities will come back around potentially as your career is growing years later. So you're building relationships in all these different organizations. So maybe you get your first job, but now you make contacts and friends and connections in multiple companies. And then, you know, let's be real, like the days of like working in one company for like 30 years are pretty much over, right? So right. you're going to need to bounce around a little bit. So, you know, next thing you know, you build a relationship with a buddy, you become friends, the guy becomes president over in another company, he's looking for a couple of people, then he recruits you over there. Yeah. You know, so, and you know, you know, the old adage and you, you're probably familiar with this concept because you've done a lot in the fundraising sector. If you ask somebody for money, they'll give you advice. If you ask somebody for right. advice, they'll give you money. And so in, in this case, if you're looking for a job, you know, job equates to money. So if you ask somebody for a job, they're probably going to give you advice. If you ask somebody for advice, they may end up offering you a job. So you just do, you don't ever specifically ask for the job or ask for money. You always ask advice if you ever ask anything. And then by all means, but offer I, uh, up what you can give them too. I tell people all the time, like the job postings, like the odds of you getting a job through that, 
it's great for Intel to see which companies are hiring a lot and stuff like that. But going in through a traditional posting, going in through HR um, never works. It's just even when I was at Orion, we never called HR. We called other veterans in the company. <laughs> you know, we used ICBRD, which is a service employee resource, you know, business resource or whatever the heck it is. All the yeah. West Pointers, Naval Academy grads and we would we would use that resource and we would use LinkedIn to identify veterans who were in positions that could hire within the organizations and we would reach out to them. Okay. Because veterans are always gonna help you out too. All right. So let's so. hold that thought. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. As a member owned not for profit credit union, they put you first by making your success a priority. Veterans and service members from all branches of the military are welcome to join. This includes active duty members of the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, and National Guard. Plus, military family members can join too. If you're active duty, you'll enjoy free active duty checking with perks like account balance and transaction notifications, early access to your military paycheck, and up to $240 in ATM rebates per year. They also have great business accounts. We have all of our business accounts with Navy Federal. They help you save money, make money, and enjoy peace of mind and security through personalized, around-the-clock service. It's easy to join Navy Federal. You can become a member in as little as 10 minutes. Visit NavyFederal.org eligibility to see if you can join. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. 2020 has been the year of uncertainty, so how can your business plan for the unexpected? There's so much happening right now. Finding the right talent can be time-consuming, frustrating, and expensive. Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. I've been using Fiverr since before I started this podcast over six years ago. We also use Fiverr in our Amazon business. We've never been disappointed. We've always had great success with anyone that we've ever hired on Fiverr. Whether you're launching your first business, scaling your current business, or in need of extra support to complete a project, Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talent is here to help. Find freelancers that are ready when you are. Fiverr's platform is flexible enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of business. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code VETERAN. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code VETERAN. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code VETERAN. All right, Dean, uh, continuing on the conversation. Um, this is a very, uh, okay, this, this is something I really want to dig into because I know you, you know the answer, you've experienced this. We're talking about you're never going to get a job by responding to a job posting. And so many people know that. If that's true, why are all these job boards out there and why do they exist if nobody ever gets hired from them? Like maybe some people are getting hired from them, but most job, even and we're not talking like just, oh, the really high quality jobs, you got to go around the job boards, but even the low quality jobs don't seem, you just don't seem to ever get in, you know, dealing with our, our kids who are younger responding to these job board stuff. It seems like nobody ever gets hired from answering these job board things. Or, or send in resumes to, to HR. So if that's the case, then why do all these things and people exist in the first place? You know, I, uh, I think it's because a lot of organizations, although they have a lot of opportunities, I think we talk, when you talk about the skills mismatch, um, you know, a lot of organizations are saying that there's, they have all these roles out there that 
um, are open and they just can't find people with the right skill set. So I think as an organization, you know, when you, you have that that challenge, you're going to post your opportunities like far and wide. So you're going to post it on like the local boards. You're going to post it on national. You might use a recruiter. But bottom line, when you have, you know, in a big organization, potentially thousands of openings, like you're going to cast as wide as net as possible, which is, I think, the big reason why those job boards exist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you, you mentioned the, the term skill sets. What, what we run into all the time with as veterans is the only thing companies are focusing on are, are our skill sets, which equates to hard skills, which are things like the MBA, the IT qualifications, the Six Sigma, the CPA, right. whatever, all the yeah. things that, you know, look really cool on a resume. What companies, the, the reason the companies don't focus on soft skills very much, which is where the military veteran excels, the military veteran excels in soft skills, motivation, uh, leadership, stick mission accomplishment, dependability, loyalty, tact, all those soft skills that the military is so good at ingraining in its people, companies fail to focus or fail to realize what the power of those soft skills are. And they lose so many people because they prejudge them only by their skill sets or hard skills. So we, we, we see that all the time. And a lot of military guys getting out, they they feel inferior inferior because they're seeing – every company approach them from a standpoint of what are your hard skills? And the veterans try to put down, Hey man, I was an infantry combat leader. Well, <laughs> I, know, I know, but what's that going to do me? What good is that going to do, do me at the bank or at, at this, you know, sales job? Uh, well, I'm nothing scares me and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure it happens no matter what. How about that? Like th those are the conversations that just don't happen in a lot of these interviewing process. And a lot of companies get it. But I guarantee you, most of the young 22, 23-year-old recent college grads that majored in whatever in college in the HR department, they're probably not getting it. So, you know, again, you got to go around them and find the other veterans behind the scenes that can somehow get you past all that. So, um, hey, Dean, so we could probably talk for hours about that subject, but I, I do want to shift to, um, you were saying that when you were working for Orion, you got to witness a couple of really... Um, really smart veterans that, which by the way, I had no idea that the term, the Orion company was named because the guy was a P3 Orion pilot. That's kind of cool. Um, he, the, those two guys, you, you, you got to watch them from an inside perspective. You, you were mentored by them. Uh, mm -hmm. You watched them become very successful, which ultimately motivated you and opened up your eyes to the world of entrepreneurship. And ultimately you ended up starting a company called Prep Champ. So tell us about that and how you got started in that. Yeah, so um, yeah, one of the things that was kind of took place when I was at Orion, as I mentioned, was that the company basically got acquired by a private equity firm. And during that process, they uh, they they actually bought another company called uh, Military Stars, which was like back in the day, like there was job fairs, but there was no military specific one. And the founder of Military Stars was a guy by the name of Hal Fisher, and he started the first like military specific job fair. So it was like Orion was expanding with that, you know, the private equity firm, like that's the name of the game. They'll go out and acquire a bunch of companies to, you know, build it up and then sell it a couple of years later again. Um, they acquired his company and I got to know him really, really well. Um, and um, getting to know him and having working for, for Randy and Bill gave me the opportunity to start thinking about just different ideas. 
Um, and like that was the key because, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was like, what, what potential problems could I solve? And, you know, as an athlete, <clears throat> one of the things I picked up on, like, right and remember, this is when the iPhone first came out, was that, <clears throat> you know, the recruiting process when it came to high school athletics was still super antiquated. Like the only way you got recruited is if you had a coach that was like really connected and would take the time to you know, literally uh, copy a hundred in some like VHS tapes and like mail them out, you know, <laughs> all across the country, all his coaches. Like that's insane, right? Um, so for me, it was like, you know, why can't we like put the recruiting process in the hands of the high school athletes? So why can't we create a platform, which is what Prep Chance was like, essentially an online platform where high school athletes could upload their statistics, their academic information, um, <clears throat> you know, their profile. Um, but more importantly, you knew the, the, the five minute like highlight video and a lot of athletes don't even realize it, but, um, like a, a, a college recruiter, they only need to see like 20, 25 plays, you know what I mean? For mm -hmm. what they're looking for to determine if they need to like actually go in and like take a look at like the full game films. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So creating that platform and what allowed us to do that too was like right around that time was the advent of the iPhone. Cause now what could happen? Like parents could actually like video their own kids. Right. Yeah. And streaming technology was evolving with the bandwidth and everything else. And now you could actually create a platform where, the athletes could create that profile and upload that video. So that that was kind of like my idea. Um, and Hal was an athlete too. He, he played college football as well. And like I was, I bounced it around with him. And he's like, dude, I think this is awesome. Um, so we were like, well, let's do it. And uh, it was during that time where I was at Orion. Like I told you how to go about, uh, you know, trying to find a job. Well, I went about the same process that I learned in Orion if I was going to become an entrepreneur and that was figuring out what resources were there for entrepreneur at the time, it was the council for entrepreneurial development, you know, and they did the networking events and they had a program through Kaufman called fast track. I enrolled in fast track and I took my idea in there. It's a lot like our veteran residence program now, you know, mm -hmm. um, for bunker. And, uh, and I went out and I just started reaching out to entrepreneurs on LinkedIn, like, just everyone I possibly could that would take time to sit down with me. Um, and I just built up this big network of successful entrepreneurs and I just paid attention and listened to them. And, um, and I leaned on Randy and Bill and how, and then finally I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. So um, during that time I prepared to become an entrepreneur. I set aside all my money. I took, I cashed out my 401k. I, 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 um, I took a second mortgage on my house. I took my savings from Iraq and I put a hundred thousand into it. So I bet on myself huge. And, uh, and then I partnered up with Hal, who was a veteran and he brought his COO Jay, um, who was an air force Academy grad. And the three of us as veteran co-founders started prep champs. They each put in 50 K. So we had 200 K seed funding. Um, we used that to hire our CTO, Brian Minahan, who was who was who was also an army veteran. So the first four were all military. Um, and we built the prototype and we took it out there and uh, and we got 20,000 users like in three months. Um, and then once we did that, you know, going through the CED, like I started pitching it to angel groups and venture capitalists and I started getting like really good feedback. So I knew I was on to something. Um, and you know, about nine months in, as we continued to like build out the organization, um, we ended up getting like 500 K in seed funding from, uh, from an angel group. 
Um, and then the rest is history. Over the next two and a half years, we raised about two and a half million, built a company up to 19 full-time employees with some contractors. Um, and, uh, and it was crazy. Partnered up with Reebok. We did online and offline events all across the country, seven on sevens, combines. Uh, we did all 40 of the uh, AAU basketball tournaments all across the country, including the two big Reebok national ones. Um, so as you can imagine, we were capturing all that original content too from all those athletes yeah. through Cal Ripken on the baseball side, through D1 sports with Peyton Manning on the football side, to like Reebok on the basketball side. Um, and after about two and a half years, we got an offer to get acquired. So we took it wow, <laughs> so, that's awesome. because, because it was right at the beginning of the housing collapse. By that time, like Lehman and Bear Stearns were like already going down. So our advisors and everything said that we were in somewhat a precarious position. So it was either raise a really big B round and hope to weather the storm or burden hand is better than, yeah. Yeah. So what? So, yeah. What functionally? What do? Uh, functionally, what does Prep Champs do? do like, would it allow people to? Was it a platform to allow people to upload videos of their kids playing sports or the yeah, kids it themselves? Yeah, great profile, and and that was it. It would help. It would allow the high school athlete to take charge of recruiting prep. We helped. Our tagline was, "Help uh, Prep Champs get recognized, get recruited," and uh, it allowed athletes and their families to take charge of their own recruiting process. Is what it came down and then to. College and, coaches and, and recruiters could just go to your site and sift through hundred percent and watch them. We taught people. We 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 did the, the high school clearinghouse was part of our process. We helped with that process. Mm -hmm. um, we built that into the platform. And then the other thing is, most people don't realize, like all almost well, you know that all public universities, like all the information for all the teachers and coaches has to be public. Mm -hmm. So we just created the database of all those email addresses, and literally you could create your profile and then just email the coach a link to your profile. Yeah, and so yeah. you're uh, you monetized it by like you charge the the kids or the parents a fee to be on the platform, so charge the coaches a fee. Or? So like right, so the base the base uh, model was they could create their profile and upload like one you know five minute video, um, and then if they wanted additional support with getting the word out there or um, you know more bandwidth to upload more videos or. Uh, help with the high school clearinghouse process. So we created other services that we monetized around the base platform. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you even like you got Reebok to jump in and sponsor the website and and, and brought in money they others some other sources. dollars sponsor a year. How much? <laughs> Five hundred thousand. Like just to be on the website or, or to, and the partner with us on. Uh, yeah, because that demographic that to them like that fourteen. To 17-year-old demographic was huge because if they could plant that Reebok brand in those kids' mind as young as possible, and there just wasn't a lot of sites doing that at the time, hitting yeah. that high school athletic demographic. Now, is Prep Champs still exist, or did you know is it exist underneath the whoever bought you out? Yeah, so a company called Rocks Rock Star Sports and Entertainment ended up being the one that acquired it, and yeah, unfortunately they thought that they could do it better and they took our brand and tr instead of like taking everything we built and building off of it, they tried to mash it into their own platform, which was newer. And, uh, and they, I don't think they understood the value of the brand and 
Yeah, they ended up kind of messing it up. And then, like, tried to recruit me about two years later to come back and help. And I was like, e no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember a story like 10, 12 years ago. You know, some guy in my squadron was talking about his son got re- got a college scholarship, a college soccer scholarship based off of he, – he sent him a YouTube video of him playing soccer. And I just remember thinking, like, when I heard that, I'm like – I was so fascinated, but I'm like, huh? What? I mean, it, it made so much sense to me, but yet it's the first time I'd ever heard of that being done. I'm like, I was just so surprised, but yet I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. But you know, it's like, wow, the, you know, the technology was, you know, just coming around to be able to do that kind of thing, you know, instead of the VHS tapes. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were definitely on the front end of the whole thing, and funny enough, they always say there'll end up being three competitors in the space, and that's exactly what happened. A company called Tackle, T-A-K-K-L-E, saw what we were doing and created a competitive model, raised about $10 million. And a company called Be Recruited came behind us, too. And they, I think they raised a couple million as well. But we ended up with three competitors in the space because they saw the idea. And, and funny enough, someone got hold of our business plan because we did push it and ended up pitching it on Shark Tank, too. So it's pretty funny. It was ex- exactly the business plan I wrote because it was exactly my words that they used on stage. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, that's crazy. Well, hey, uh, you know, we're getting towards the end of our time. You know, um, we've got just a couple minutes to talk about. Um, you're also the uh, Atlantic Regional Executive Director for Bunker Labs, and you've actually been at Bunker Labs for five years now, which is really you know since the beginning, at the very beginning of Bunker Labs. Tell us a little about I'm also a city leader for, for Kansas City here You know, just in the last year. Tell us a little bit about what's going on you know, on the Bunker Labs scene. You know, um, obviously, like the big thing that Bunker Labs, as I always tell people more than anything else, is like we have great programs, you know, with the Launch Lab Online, which could still be accessed. Um, and the VIR, Veteran and Residence Program, partnership with WeWork and, you know, the CEO Circle and a lot of our communities. And, of course, the Bunker Brews. And but the reality of the situation is what we do better than anything is like, we take the veteran component and layer it on top of the existing ecosystem and leverage that existing ecosystem. So the challenge now for Bunker Labs more than anything is that we're an events-driven company, you know, 35 different communities running Bunker Brews on a monthly basis. The muster events are big national events and like all that is on pause. Um, but I think, you know, it's a huge opportunity for Bunker Labs because our offline, um, strength, which has been a strength that we built over the last five years. Um, I think, you know, outside of Launch Lab Online, like our online <clears throat> resources and support have been an area where we always knew that we had to start building out. Um, you know, so for now, like the focus with Bunker Labs is really doing everything that we can to build out our our online resources um, to help veteran entrepreneurs and, and military spouse entrepreneurs in particular, like weather the storm more than anything else. And I can tell you, having gone through like, you know, the housing collapse back in the day, you know, as an entrepreneur and the debt crisis that came with it and all that good stuff, like one of the biggest ways like we survived and other entrepreneurs survived during those times was by um, getting together and, you know, the worst thing I think an entrepreneur can do during this time is, is, uh just hunker down by themselves and try to figure this stuff out Mm -hmm. Uh, so like for bunker labs i think one of the biggest things is having built this community like figuring out 
more ways that we can connect entrepreneurs. I think that's why we're looking at the virtual CEO circles. And if you saw today, like, you know, putting together mass, the, the, the round, the, what do you call it? Um, getting a whole bunch of the launch live online folks together, Mm -hmm. because when you put a bunch of entrepreneurs, you know, even in the room virtually, and you talk about, Hey, what are you doing to survive? Uh, Here's my biggest challenge right now. Nine times out of 10, someone in that room is going to have an answer, right? Um, so I think, you know, with Bunker Labs right now, that's what we're doing is, you know, leveraging the communities we built now and like pulling those people together online. And I'm seeing it happen like everywhere now in, in our ecosystems, you know, veteran um, task force being put together, um, veterans jumping on Zoom calls together, you know, to share challenges and talk about what they're doing um, entrepreneurs, you know, figuring out all different kinds of ways to like adapt and overcome, whether it's like Murphy's natural does natural, uh, insect repellent when they got FDA approval, like right away to do, um, hand sanitizer now. Mm. And I was talking to Stu Scheller yesterday and he got the perfect ribbon where he took all his laser printers and converted them to make the beaks for the, um, the mass, oh, wow. you know? So all these entrepreneurs are, and then I see, you know, people who were running um, CrossFit who were like, okay, we're going to take everything online and then we're going to rent out our equipment to everyone so they could take it home and still get the workouts in, you know? So it's just, uh, it's, it's been, uh, I mean, it's, it's a challenge for everyone, including Bunker Labs, but at the same time, it's pretty motivating to see this community, like come together, coalesce, help each other out, share ideas, you know, share information, um, and just, you know, um, survive and hopefully on the back end of this thrive. Right. Yeah, you bet. Uh, well, Hey Dean, uh, you know, we're out of time. We're actually gone over a little bit. I seem to be on a streak of going over 30 minutes, you know, <laughs> uh, last several episodes, but it's hard to cram it all in there, you know, cause I'm talking with good folks about good stuff. So, Hey, I always like to ask at the end, um, well, first of all, how, how can somebody find you? How can somebody get in touch with you if they're interested in, you know, entrepreneurship in general or bunker labs you know, anywhere along the East coast. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn like everyone else under Dean Bunshu. I mean, anyone who wants to reach out, send a direct message, feel free. Um, and then, you know, with bunker labs in general, we have our bunker labs national site. And, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, look what community you're either in or going to and use that drop box to kind of select the city and reach out to our city leaders. Um, that's, a great way just to start start plugging into the to, to the veteran one community and and uh when we'll do everything we can to, to to help you out if you're thinking about entrepreneurship or if you're a business right now that, that needs to support the to grow and grow and succeed all right last thing if you're talking yep. to somebody that's in the military on their way out just got out and they're looking to get into entrepreneurship starting their own business what kind of advice would you have for them that's a good question uh, you know i think for the most part, like Stu is a great exception. Yesterday I talked to, he's an active duty Marine that, that's running the business. And I met a couple folks that have pulled it off, but I think that's, it's, it is pretty difficult to be like on active duty and run a business at the same time. Um, and I even think for the most part, um, it's a little bit challenging if you transition right out of the military and into entrepreneurship. I think for most people, the advice that I typically give them is get into a role with a smaller entrepreneurial minded company. And if you can, 
get in on the sales and marketing side of the house. So I think that, you know, like everything when it comes to entrepreneurship is, a, is about sales. And I'm just not talking like selling product, like sales in terms of like motivating and building teams, you know, raising money, keep the whole nine yards. It's all skills you learn in the military. And, you know, me, I was hesitant to go into but I'm telling you, like, it w if there's anything that prepared me for entrepreneurship, it was being in a sales role. So I think that, that that's oftentimes the advice I tell people if they want to get into entrepreneurship. Small, entrepreneurial-minded company on the sales side. Awesome. Well, hey, Dean, great advice. A lot of great, good golden nuggets. Uh, look forward to your future success, and uh, maybe we'll have you back on the show in the near future. Awesome, man. Anytime. I appreciate it. Look forward to uh, – hopefully seeing you sooner rather than later. So yeah, no kidding. We'll get, get everything and, back up and running here. All right. Yeah, I'll make a trip out to Kansas city. I was out there not long ago for the e-ship conference and was going to go again, but oh, cool. like any conference it's on hold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Well, these two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to veteran on the move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>